1: Again, and he's got it. Gavin was closing
0: in. Oh, Gamin has scored. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three.
1: Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles Commons. I hope you've been enjoying the playoffs watching them without a care isn't it great it's fantastic got a fantastic episode here for you today as well i'm talking to the one and only aaron mcgowan basically at the end of season awards i went up to him i had a chat with him and then he actually said i'll come on the pod whenever you want to and he promised that if we'd have got the promotion done and dusted then he would come on within a matter of days and he was a man of his word he contacted me Basically, two days after the Tranmere game, just to say, right, when are we going to get it done? So we sat down just before the weekend, had a lovely, lovely chat. We're talking about loads of things to do with this season and last season, players that he's played with before, a bit of banter between the team, his thoughts on the season itself It's really, really good. I hope you really enjoy it. And before we get into that, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you who have listened and supported the podcast this season. I'm not saying that this is the end of the content. We've still got the Bayos to come, obviously. And there's a couple of other episodes already lined up. But we are at the end of the season And it's always nice to say thank you, isn't it? So thank you very much if you've supported us in any way at all, whether that's just by listening to the podcast or if you're a Patreon. If you want to be a Patreon, loads of content coming out over the summer, by the way, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Go get on that. Um, It's going to be really fun in the Slack over the summer, and we've got all this extra content as well. Um, Please come and join us. It's Honestly, it's really, really fun in there, and it just helps support me and the rest of the gang in making the podcast each and every week. But anyway, that's enough of me chatting and rambling. Let's get straight into the podcast. Here is my chat with Northampton Town's vice-captain and promotion winner, Aaron McGowan. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron McGowan. How are you doing, mate? You all right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel good, mate. As probably people listening to this can tell, my voice isn't in the best of moods at the minute, Um no, it's been good, mate. It's been a good few days. It's been a laugh. Uh, been really enjoyable. Something, you know, really uh, proud to be a part of. And it's been great, mate. Honestly.
1: How, how much of the fact that you're vice captain? Because everyone would think that 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 should mean that you've got to be a bit responsible. But I, I I get the feeling that that you're the lad of the group.
0: Um, I'd say Mitch Pinnock's the lad of the group. I think that's pretty plain to see. Um. You know, when we go away, I think I'll have to baby Mitch Pinnock. can't lie, he's he's the one to look out for. Um there's a few that you've got to look out for. I probably wouldn't put myself in one of them. Um I'll probably have to look after Guffs as well. Even though Guffs is meant to be the dad of the group, I've got to look I'll have to look after Guffs. He can be a bit wild as well. So um no mate, let's just see what it brings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a, look, at the end of the day, you deserve the holiday that you're about to go on as a group. And, and just go and get, you know, have a good time. I was I was gonna say go and get ratted, but don't do anything.
0: Different. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think there'll be a few. I think there'll be a few knocking about, like. But uh, no, it'll just be. A, it's a good time to get away. You know, we've got a good number going. Of, you know, literally the majority of the squads going. So it'll be a, It'll be great, mate. Great to um, you know, especially with. There's not many goodbyes this year, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not it's a bit like not like last year we had a few lads that we were, we were really close to, that we had to say goodbye to, and this year is probably not that the case, you know, it's back, you know, we'll see each other again in four weeks, the majority, so it'll be great as well.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? Because I, from my perspective as a Northampton fan, obviously you've been here a couple of years now, but the perspective that I have is that this time around, we're doing it with a bit more of a future plan in place. Uh, You know, lads have been signing extensions throughout the last what four or five months really, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Um, Does that make an impact on on you guys as players? You know, you feel settled yourself because you've got a contract for however long is uh, left on that. You can see the other lads have all got got the same or similar lengths as well. Does that, does that just, put a whole weight off your mind, enabled you to go and just play football?
0: Yeah, it does look, as I said before, it is like, you know, the times we're living in Charles, obviously like, you know, I'd say we're in a pretty blessed position with, you know, whatever, whatever what we earn or like what we do as a profession for a start. But at the end of the day, we've still got mortgages and families to feed and that's security, you know. it It is a cutthroat business, you know, at the end of the season, unfortunately, there'll be probably a few lads that, you know, are, July first, one well, might not have a job, uh, and that's the brutal reality of football. So knowing that you've got that security there for the next year, I think I signed obviously it's t- nearly three years deal, and you know, just looking around the change room, you decide deciding whether you want to go ahead with it or not, or you want to pursue other interests. Um, you look around, and then you know, uh, obviously, like Guff's are signed three years, has signed, and then you just know that Jack Salby signs etc. Then you just know that, like, okay, this is the. You know we've got a good foundation of feeling the squad, um, moving forward, and you know especially with the managing and, and the coaching staff, you know uh, Gaffer, Carl, Rico, Algs them sort of people, you know they're going to be around as well because they all signed uh, contracts as well. So, um, as I say, f- for me at that time it was a r- really a no brainer. Um, there was obviously a t- few other things going on in January, but as I said going back to it made it clear that I wanted to be a part of this and, um. I think I said it on the Cobbler show, maybe that like, you know, there was obviously other things going on, and I felt like why can't I be a part of something special?ly And I'm glad I made that decision because I've done exactly what you know. It's obviously not job job done yet where I think the club can be, but you know, this is a this is a, a big stepping stone. Of, you know, the plan I envisioned in my head, and I'm I'm glad you know made the decision in the end.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong, because obviously there's other ways that players can move on other than just their contract running out, but yeah, the fact that we've got that foundation, as you called it, of uh, you know a really big group. Really, to be fair, we're not having to go and do, you know, fifteen out, bring fifteen in or anything yeah, like we, that. We,
0: at time. the end of the day, Charles, I have to do a big overhaul every yeah. summer. And I think that you know you've been a fan for many years. I think I don't think I, I can't. I'm, I'm not sure in what I'm saying here, but you know I couldn't really tell you if there's been as good as planning. And, and readiness to go into a league above than there has been this season. Um, I don't know if that that's just maybe my opinion, but I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I think so. I think a
1: lot of the time, well, we go back to through our, you know, more recent promotions other than this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Danny on the pod actually said at the end of the playoff final um, in 2020 that, the biggest thing was going to be keeping the manager, Keith Curl. Now, I mean, okay, yeah. hindsight's a wonderful thing and all that, but, mm-hmm. you know, you you go and say that because of what happened the 2016. I mean, yeah. I can't begrudge Chris going and going back to his boy no, club gosh. and no, uh, no, and going no. and managing in the Premier League, obviously. But um, when you lose that kind of personality and, and that leader, that's mm-hmm. really hard. And then you inevitably lose players because, you know, they're, you you must have an affinity with the coaching staff. You've already said about how, you know, you're seeing yeah. those signing contracts and et cetera. It makes you want to stay as well. So when you get to that point, you're looking at, and you're going, okay, well, the gaffer's gone. My mates are going. yeah. Uh, do I, you know, and you get an offer to go and further your career somewhere else, then that, that maybe becomes a bit more attractive. So this time around, it does feel like there's a plan. And that you're looking at it and you're just going, okay. and look, you know, at the end of the day, someone could come in with an offer for you that you can't refuse and and you go. And, you know, going back to Charles, that's where the club have
0: put themselves in a position to, you know, I think Kelvin and, um, you know, the chairman and James have done a great job because worst case, worse, if that was to happen, which hopefully, obviously, I hope we don't lose anybody at all. They've put themselves in a position where, you know, they've got it's on them to name their price. They, they've got, they hold the cards at the end of the day. So that, that's the good thing. And obviously if the worst case happens and somebody was to go, which I, I really hope doesn't happen. Um, I'm just going to obviously put Sam Hoskins in a headlock and I beat him and not let not let him come home. and uh, <laughs> see him do first, but as I say, the club have put themselves in a position, to, you know, to, to sort of name the price in a way and, you know, to set the club up financially in a different way. Um, and i don't think that's always been the case maybe here not just here though uh, charles that's that's a lot of lower league football club and i just think the club's been run in such a good way over since you know since the gaffer probably took over um, i think i think the the board really believes in the gaffer's plans and vision uh, and and collins as well and i think you know it's just been a it's just been a su- success story really yeah let's let's talk
1: about john brady then um because It it is different. It feels different from our perspective. It sounds different when you're listening to John talk to the press. It's, yeah, very, very, very different um, the way that that all comes across. Uh, He talked about earlier in the week, I think this was on Radio Northampton, about um, a philosophy of essentially person first when he's dealing with you guys. Your people first, so we worry about you as people and how you're feeling physically and mentally. And then we worry about formations and tactics and stuff like that. How does he compare and his style of management to other ones that you've had before? Is it completely different or is it quite similar to what you've had before?
0: There's been one manager that was similar, that was just you know, me first manager. And I, I always did a fellow called Jim Bentley, sadly he lost a job this year with Rochdale. Uh, he gave me my debut when I was 16. So there's always just that like feeling there for you know appreciative how he is. But um, you know, I've worked under some great managers and some great personalities as well. But by far, John's the best manager I've worked under. Um, you know, I'm genuinely not just saying that the human being of of, of the gaffer is just uh on, on a different level. He genuinely like cares for the players. Um, you know, people I played under managers that do care for the players as well. But there's elements of like you know, I selfishly want to better my career, and I, which John does as well. But there's he wants to do it with the team and as a group. He really wants to push up the league with this football club. And I haven't got genuinely one bad word to say about him. Uh, he's honestly out of this world. Uh, how good he is, like just not just as a human being, but tactically, I think goes under the radar of how good he is. I seen it the other day, 163 points in your first two years. managing. honestly, at this you know at this level, with what well, we're competing against, is genuinely some going. Um, and obviously, there was like I think we've been in the top seven all, but like two weeks, three weeks of the whole tenure as well. So, uh, honestly, next level, next level manager. Um, and as I say, when I sign for the club, obviously people sometimes get carried away with it, like because because you know I'll speak well all my experience, but. I saw him just come when I was 24 years old, you know what I mean? I'm not like I'm a 33-year-old man, you know, I'm not old like Guffs. Guffs is obviously an old dog <laughs> in the camp, but, you know, I'm, I'm still 26 years old now and, you know, the Gaffer put that faith in me to be, you know, vice-captain, which is something I'm very proud of, to be at this football club and, you know, just trying to help the best way I can in the coaching staff and Guffs with a million things that go on behind the scenes. Um. You know, it was a very important role that me and Gulf have at the football club, and you know, after one season, joining at the age of twenty-four to get, to, you know, to get recognised like that by the managers, and so, um, I'll be forever thankful to him for.
1: It must be on a, on a personal level. This season must have been a bit bittersweet, almost because of you know you started the season coming back from the operation that you'd had over the last end of last season. So, you didn't start for a, a, a while. And then, obviously, you, you have a nice run of about 18 games. Stupid referees get in the way of after that. But, you know, then you get injured again. I mean, it, it's not been the full season that you'd have probably have wanted uh, and, and expected.
0: No, it's crazy. It's crazy how things work. You know, I played 45 games last season. Um that maybe would have been the perfect way if we got promoted last season. We all know what happened there. We won't speak okay. about that. But it's mad because the feeling I feel now, um, not particularly not happy with my season because some of it was generally really out of my control. Um, you know, if, <laughs> I think I've played more games right side centre half this season. All honesty, than my actual position, um, and I've loved that. I've, I've genuinely loved that. Um, it's just been a season where you you know, you had to do different roles in a way. I think last season was more establishing myself at the football club and, you know, sort of, you know, just concentrating on my own performances. This year I've had to deal with a a lot of personal stuff and a lot of other people's personal stuff behind the scenes that, you know, uh, when you're vice-captain and people maybe look to you for advice or, you know, talk to you and and things like that, that, that go a long way behind the scenes that, I've I've had to kind of take up a different role this year in a way, um, and something that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And you know, some things are unf- unfortunate, but you know, um, pe- pending this ankle heals as well as the healing. Hopefully, I think the big thing for me last season was missing a preseason. Um, it really does go under the radar how you know missing a preseason is is not. It's not honestly as a footballer it's not great at all because you. You know, I think I came in at um, the Gillingham-Bradford games. And obviously, you, you're kind of playing on adrenaline for them first six or seven games, I'd say. And then I, f- I felt at Christmas, I just felt like I hit a brick wall. Um, You know, just with, at my energy levels just kind of went on me. But the gaffer couldn't really rest me. <laughs> yeah. I remember he rested me against Leighton Orient. And at 20 minutes in, Sean and Tyler okay, come off and you're like, you've got to play next. I ended up playing 90 minutes that game. I've probably got 10 minutes on the time it's centre half and then that's that's the sort of season it's been for the whole squad not just myself personally Um, but as I say it's been I'm sitting here now fully loving where I'm at fully enjoyed the season in in a mad way obviously we won't talk about a few refereeing decisions um, (laughs) that hampered hampered it as well but as I say all's well Uh, the team's the most important thing and we've got a hard end goal in the ends and hopefully we can all put ourselves in a good place to attack League One. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's done
1: exactly the same thing, isn't it? And that, you know, you coming having that rest for five minutes, essentially. Yeah. Um, Everybody's kind of done that. And John Brady has talked about it in pretty much every post-match and pre-match interview that he's done this season since November time, where he, he said that, you know, the lads are playing through pain and, and you know tiredness and all of this stuff and, and, and you are right like you go and you come back from an injury and you get through the first few games on adrenaline as you say and then it all catches up with you but the way that every every one of them has managed to just keep going whether that be through a mentality thing or just the, the you know the incentive at the end of the season whatever it is that keeps you going I mean I know you know from my point of view as a fan I don't claim to speak for anybody else but you know thank you for doing that because at the end of the day we're now here celebrating yeah. it and and it's it's been a fantastic achievement look you brought you did mention it right so we'll go back a year ago we all know what happened we don't want yeah. to talk about what happened but I'm healed now the stars healed, <laughs> you're healed now. now yeah exactly yeah, I'm healed now <laughs> but how much of that and what happened there had an effect on this season? I mean, obviously for the lads like you that were there at Barrow on the pitch at the end of the season, but you're then getting the new faces in. How much did, did you guys actually impress what had happened to you on those new lads and sort of say, look, this is why this we've got to go and do it this year?
0: Yeah, like that, that, that day, honestly, will, will probably live with me forever because it's one of the... On on the day, it, I didn't obviously it didn't feel great, but it was the next day I, I came home and I was I was in a real bad way. Like I'm not afraid to say, I was emotionally like gone because I couldn't believe how much we we got done. Really, um, couldn't believe how don't want to get in trouble, obviously, but I couldn't believe how it was allowed. Um, and people have this conception that you know. Obviously, there's a, few, a certain fan base that think like there's a rivalry there, and it, it wasn't their fault, they done their job that they needed to do. I felt like it was, I said that on the Cobbler show, that I, you know, I was there at half time, you know, just being in and around the lads that game. and I, I listened to Phil Brown screaming into their players, um, and that's what it should be like, in all honesty, because they, they were at home. And you know, Tramley have just, Tramley and Hartlepool the, the, this past, you know, on the final day, done done exactly what should ours should be. You know, you, you represent any football club, you're getting paid to represent a football club. For, for me, you should, the bare minimum is, is put your everything into it. And I don't feel like a certain club done that, um, or a certain fella that I won't say his name. Um, but as I say, going back to it, and on on the day, it was horrible, you know, I won't, I won't name names, but going around and, and I'm hugging lads that are generally crying their eyes out. And, to be honest, Charles, on on that day, or when we're talking and, and you know, decompressing on the way home, I just I did really have the feeling that I don't don't like to say, but I did really have a feeling that in the playoffs it wasn't going to be. Yeah. I just think it was too much to overcome emotionally. And that's just I didn't have the best feeling last year going into the playoffs, in all honesty. Um that wasn't to say I didn't think they could, you know, give Mansfield a game or whatever, but I just think emotionally I don't think people realise how much of a toll that took. On on you know the lads that were out there pre- uh, performing, um. Whereas this year I'd, I, you know, hoping it were not going to get to the playoffs, but I still I still fancied those anyway. But I kind of knew we were going to get the job done. I, I was so nervous at Barrow away last year. I was shaking the whole game, and this year I was up until the eighty fifth minute. I was so I couldn't watch the last five minutes of this game, and then I came back out. Um, I was so nervous, but this year I was really really relaxed in the stand and I. Guff, Guff, I was sitting next to Guffs and Guffs was gone the whole game. It was just trauma of last year. Um, I think we tried to play it down when we're getting asked questions of, you know, was it in our minds? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, of course it was. Like We, can't, we all can't deny that it was in our minds, let's be real. I think every fan's mind was in probably all the coaching staff's mind. When something that bad happens to you, I don't think it wasn't. Um, but as I say, just literally shows the mentality of this group. Of how we just put it to put it aside, and you know the lads that are on the pitch, and you know the, some of the ages of the lads that are on the pitch that are just dealing with the pressure. Um, absolutely outstanding, to a man of what every single person in this group have, have given a different way this year. Because um, you know, I wouldn't say obviously points tally wise, but if people delved into every single promotion campaign, this has got to be one of the best promotion campaigns out there, and. I just think you can really go around and say every man played at least 15 games, maybe. Uh, I do think that's rare in a promotion. Uh, you know, and if you look through our squad, there's probably 25 lads that played a minimum of 15 starts maybe this year, and I think that's really what... You go back in promotions, I think that'll be a really, you know, rare thing to do.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think when you do go back and you look at, you know, the promotions we've had... You know the wilder season was 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 magical, but
0: it's a different type of experience. Yeah, points tally wise, obviously I won City and argue how unbelievable some teams have been the league one two championship and and say that. But uh, what you know, what I'm saying in the sense of just a different way. I don't think if you back on many there was 25 lads used that would genuinely not just used to come off the bench and like we do in need of that certain points like. I I Gough's touch on it uh, at the weekend. Like, we didn't even know David Norman six weeks ago. Do, do, do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, Paul Osu just came from the cold and just unbelievable on Saturday. Yeah. Just, just, just you know, and that's, as I think the gaffer said, it wouldn't have been, um, obviously, Hainsey, you know, just I spoke to Hainsey yesterday, really proud of what Hainsey's done this year. I think Hainsey's really... You know him. I was, you know, he, he was in a probably a tough place at a certain time, and just to come out the cold like that and put in the performances he did for the last maybe twelve to fifteen games of the season. But these are the sort of people and characters that obviously you get your marquee names, or you know the your Sam Hoskins, mm-hmm. or you know John Guffey's, or you know P, Bert Lee Burge and the people that have been outstanding all season. But there's been real unsung heroes. You know, there's probably fifteen to twenty unsung heroes in the group as well, and. Honestly, every single one of them and just really proud to, you know, be a part of them and, and you know, be a part to help lead them.
1: A word for Harvey uh, Lintop for a minute, because obviously he's your competition for that place at, at right back. Yeah? yeah, But you look at him coming in from, you know, he got released by Gillingham at the end of last season. They're all kicking themselves, of course, now. He's done fantastic well, and I doubt. Obviously, I've not spoken to him to ask him this question, so I don't know. But you would imagine that he was coming into the club, going right. Well, when you're fit again, that's your spot back. So, a lot to learn from you. He's thinking, but then he's actually gone and played so many games, and he's done so well. I think literally, he's had he's when one maybe you know not great game, and that was maybe Ipswich away in the Pizza Trophy that really oh, yeah. mind about. Don't think don't think anybody was good. No, exactly. Game. This is yeah. it. It was it was everybody yeah. didn't really have the best of games that day. But he's been fantastic. And then you know to come in and, and fill in
0: for you when you've been injured or or, or out it, he's been fantastic. Harvey I couldn't speak highly enough as Harvey as a as a lad. Um you know obviously it's, it's no secret that we're both right backs. Um but for- I think when you look at the actual, funnily enough, the bigger picture, it's probably only been two games where either one's been on the bench because the other one's playing. Um, yeah. I really love, funnily enough, I I really you know enjoying me you know the, the role the gaffer's maybe trying to get me to play in the sense of a right of a back three. Um, that's the when we play that formation, I know I love that role more than playing wing back, and I know Harvey loves playing wing back more than that role. Um, yeah. so I think. F- you know, people might look at it and say, "Yeah, but competition." But at the same time, I also think I've played fifteen games with him, um, and when we play that back, you know, that formation, you know, he's been my mate next to me. Um, there actually hasn't been many games where at all where, you know, one's been on the bench for the other. In all honesty, um, and you know, just a lad that really wants to learn, um, and that's what going back to my role this year. May, maybe might have changed. I think it might have been more of a selfish role last year where. You know, Harvey, Shez, you know, these are the sorts of lads that want to develop as players and ask questions and, you know, just really grateful that they see me as a sort of person where I live with them both, so they're constantly asking questions about football and, you know, I like to think I've got a, you know, obviously I'm still 26, but, you know, a, a wealth of knowledge, of wealth in the game and these sorts of lads and, you know, people at, at half-time, Harvey's constantly asking me questions and I'm, I'm talking through, through certain things and, Uh, We've had a really great relationship. He's a great lad. Um, wouldn't speak hardly enough of him. And as I say, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can both play.
1: Yeah, I I remember going back to uh, Rochdale away last season. You got put wing-back or further up maybe even than that. And you weren't happy. I remember that post-match interview (laughs) that you did with Tim Oglethorpe. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong... It wasn't like you were throwing your your toys out the pram or anything, yeah. but you made it you made it pretty clear that that's that's not my position. That's not where I play. And uh, did you get subbed in that game as well? Was that part of the frustration? Yeah, was, I yeah.
0: think yeah, it was maybe a bit of frustration. Maybe it was Spit my toys off the pad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the but there was also I think people didn't realise about well, that game. I, I we had about thirty minutes that game. And we we were playing four four two, and I was playing right wing. And that is, I think genuinely that is really not my position. So it wasn't just about wing backers, but it was right wing. Um, and, I, you know, I spoke to, spoke to the analysts maybe the other day and, I, you know, don't like to bang me on jump, but when I've played right of a back 3 we I've only lost one game out of 18. So um, I think that also goes hand in hand with just, like, remembering when you've played that position, that when you're in a change room after the game, you've enjoyed that game. Do, do you get what I mean? Because I haven't, you know, I say, I've I I've literally lost since I've joined the football club, one game playing there. Um, so I think that goes hand in hand why I enjoyed the position, maybe just you know, as I said to you there, the, the feeling of after games. I think you always you remember just like not remember really if you play well or you play thingy, but sometimes you go in football when you've played that many games of how the feeling was after that certain game. Um so as I say, it's something where I really enjoy playing. Um and as I say, uh, I think I had to, to play more of a central role for a fat four or five games towards the end, which was unfamiliar, like Stonecaster, Stevenage and, and things like that. And I really enjoyed that next to me, mate, Guff. So, yeah, just, um as I say, going back to it, I think that's what everyone's done this year, haven't you? Everybody's had to play an unfamiliar position somewhere or the other, but it's it's a position where, you know, I feel like I'm making it really familiar to myself and it's shooting me.
1: You know, it's obviously Kyle Walker has kind of made that right of a back three role, really prominent, hasn't he, in terms of world yeah, football, yeah. and everybody knows what it is. And, uh, you know, obviously, he's a player that started his career, well, made his debut in the AFL with us. Um and, and and then you're kind of going on and replicating that a little bit. It's really good to hear that you enjoy playing in that position and that you can go there. I'm sure you don't necessarily want to start there next season. You'd rather have
0: you know, you honestly at, at at this minute, Charles. If we, if we, you know, I think if we play a back four, it's, no, she could. I'd like play right back if we play a back three. I I've gen I genuinely enjoy it just as much as playing right back at the minute. That's as honest as I can be, um, so you know, if, I feel that's good that you know the work. You know, thanks has got to go to the manager as well because when I when I joined the football club, I would never have thought that, that role would just be you know. But the gaffer's you know coached coached it into me and. How we I know how the gaff, what the gaffer wants when you play there sort of thing. So, you know, it's just another um, spanning the work sort of thing. And yeah, as I said, yeah. I think over the past two years, Charles, I think what this manager's been so good at is coaching players to be so adaptable. I think that's been like, when we need to see a game out, we, we, we have a certain sign that we know that means like, see the game out. And I think, especially in the first year when, you know, I do feel like we're 1-0 up. And we just used to set up set up camp for the past last 10 minutes. I just, I just knew that you weren't getting past the back five we had that season. So, as I say, really enjoying it and only uh, hopefully more to come. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Definitely. I, I love the fact that, you know, going back to the gaffer for a minute, whenever a player is signed for us, it's always... Maybe it's a bit football cliche of it, but in that interview that's given initially, there's always the words of... John Brady's a great coach. I've come here to learn from him. How how true is that though? I mean you've just said there you've you've learned a new position that you didn't expect to ever be playing. Is he, you know, bringing that role that he did with the under 18s before he got this job. I know you weren't here then, but essentially he was a he was a coach and he was there to teach rather than win games. The transition he's done, he's managed to keep that learning side of it. It looks like from my point of view looking outside in
0: yeah, I think I think tactically he's uh he's tactically the best I've came across just in per, personally my career um his ideas and his methods and the way he, the way he thinks he's a really he's a, he's a real student of the game um he's constantly coming up with different things some of them are a bit mad um and he likes to he likes to express himself on the training pitch and I think what 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 doesn't go on, what can't go under the radar of how you know, plan, call and Colin Calderwood's coaching method can be as well. And um, you know, they just really work well together. I think Gaffer's a bit more hands-on. He, he's one of the managers that loves to be hands-on, whereas obviously a lot of people I've came across, a lot of coaches I've came across in the past, you know, sometimes it's the assistant that takes training more. Um and the, they the, you know they kind of share it and split it. And sometimes it's, you know, position based of, of what work you do. Colin will tend to sometimes do the defenders and the gaffer will take, you know, the gaffer was a, always tells us how good of a winger he was in his day, so I think he takes, you know, the strikers, uh, wingers and midfielders. Uh, I just think that there's also, you can't underestimate Colin Calderwood's role as well of how they literally just really blend well together as as a pair and obviously then you throw in your, your Rico's and listen, and you can't just going back to underestimating people, James Algar as well, like the you know, the goalkeepers the past two seasons since James Algar's been here. You know, Liam Roberts weren't that goalkeeper before he came to Northampton. And, you know, Lee Berge obviously has had a great career and he still is a great, great goalkeeper. But I think Berge will tell you himself that he's been outstanding this year and he's came on leaps and bounds as well. So James Algar, another person that can't be, you know, underestimated in his role. So just got real good people at the club that are all, are all really wanting to learn as as well on the job if that makes sense and uh, when you've got a group that are willing to let you learn as well that's the most important thing um, at the end of the day if you're not willing to listen to our coaching staff um, I'll make it very clear to you that you're not welcome here or you know jungle free will or there's people that you can't get away with certain things in this group where you're either, the thing about this group is you're either in it or you're not um, and that's what has literally I think got us over the line this season being that group, you're talking about that group as if it
1: well, it probably is. Absolutely everybody. We, when we've talked to you know previous ex pros or previous cobbler's players, they, they've sometimes talked about there being little cliques within the main group. It feels very much like this year. And then if I compare you to Wilders 2015, 16, it's like everybody is one big group. And they yeah, okay, you're gonna have you know, maybe closer friendships with certain people, that's life, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, listen, don't get me wrong, you know, for me, for example, we've probably got a, you know, six or seven of us, maybe the more experienced ones that maybe are closer than they certain, but it's definitely not cliques, you know, it's a it's a group. And it's just like life, you know, different people have different interests and that's just, you know, how it is. Um, and, and as I say, you've got, you, you know, you've got, but the thing is, you've got your golf group that I'm literally not a part of, and then you've that that's where people from, as you're saying, closer friends come together, and then they've got their little golf group going on. And I'd say that's how it is, and you you just definitely don't get away with the it. the gaffer will tell you the gaffer likes to let you know the lads, you know, the experienced lads police the dressing room first and foremost. He really does have to step in and say a piece, and um, because we I feel like we police it well, and I I don't think you'll get away with much, but. As I say, for me, Charles, we're either all in or we're not. Um, and if there was clicks in this in this group, we wouldn't have been promoted this season. I think that's just plain to see because you've got a group of 26, 27 lads this year that will go that extra yard for the other twenty six, and that's that is really rare. That is really rare.
1: Yeah, I think I think it shows that you know you you put a group together who all want to fight for each other, all like each other, all get along. Yeah. this is what happens. That culminates in, in a good season. And uh, you know, and it's the same in any workplace. At the end of the day, if you want to work with the people you work with and work for the boss that, that is paying you to do your job, then you do your job well and, and everybody works together. And it, it doesn't matter whether that's a football club or a call centre or wherever uh, it, it might be. It's exactly the same thing. Um, I want to ask you a bit of a cheeky question because I know you were in charge of player fines this year. Yeah, what's the weirdest thing or the strangest or funniest thing that you've had to find someone for this year
0: uh, Danny Hilton the, Danny Hilton straight away just when you say weird it's just like <laughs> he, he, he must be on good money Charles because like the money that 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 lads threw away on on wearing Luton socks this year it's just <laughs> absolutely I, d- I don't know who robs socks from a football club but that lad has got umbro socks on tap um and make it, to make it weirder, it's never... It's. I think it's a tenner per sock uh, to find the right club if you've got wrong socks on. You're allowed blister socks, grip socks, for example. Um, But it's either got to be this season, obviously it'll be a puma next season. But this season, if you didn't wear the Hummel Northampton socks or or grip socks, it's a tenner per sock. And I'm constantly finding my tenner because this is what makes it weirder, Charles. He's got one umbrella sock on, one Hummel sock on. <laughs> and, like, you just want to- <laughs> He's like, doing it on purpose. He clearly he, is. I, I, that's what I'm saying, mate, because I'm like, Hiltz, come on. like, I, I, See me, I don't like being a dictator with the fines. I just want, you know, the gaffer put me in charge probably because he thinks I'm respected. And Not one person. There was a few times last year where maybe we had to take them to the manager because people won't pay them. Good to say that that hasn't happened this year. Nobody has not paid their fines. That's a good start. <laughs> um, and the gaffer, I think with the fines, the gaffer likes self-policing. Yeah. So the uh, gaffer has has a problem with me this year about nobody well, not paying fans. That's good, but I just always like to say like Hiltz like I don't want to be that person, but like help me help you like. And he's like AJ no, but like I I just I, I mean I was all up, up up the place this morning when I'm, I'm just like Hiltz. It's not hard to get two pairs of socks the same like, and it's just constant like Charles. It's constant with him. It's it's never two socks. It's never two Umbro either. It's just. What but that, that he's on a different planet Danny Hill he's just he's, wear, he's wore odd boots for training this year and just like I can't even believe what I'm seeing here but um, <laughs> as I say he's, he's your biggest culprit for fines as well him and uh, Ali Cooke, he's not the best with fines Ali time time timekeeping is not the best let's put it that way
1: Let, let's go back to Monday because Monday was amazing but it must have been hard for you sat there you've already said that you couldn't watch the last five minutes but I, I take it you were sat in the stand for most of the game uh, so above the dugouts rather than uh, in with us not that there was any. Yeah well we were you. in
0: the director's box for the first half and um, Tramnia's director's box was not what like probably ours would be it's for a lot of Tramnia fans so um, we thought like let's move down, get closer, because we noticed there was a gap literally right behind the bench, and, mm-hmm. you know, in all honesty, we thought, you know, if we go, we want to be right next to the bench, or like near, because the... where we were, it was a five minute, it was like a maze trying to get down the stands, so we were like, well, you know, we'll miss five minutes of the game towards the end, do you know what I mean? So, at half time, we moved down to near the dugout, and that was even worse, we were right in a set of tram, near fans, and you just, you know, I don't think that I'm the favourite person because I'm a scoucher and I don't keep my mouth shut during the game. um. So, you know, I was, get, I was getting told a few staying words during that time. So, but it was all in good, in good gesture. Um, but as I say, so we watched the second half there. And as I say, going back to it, you know, John Guffrey, if you ever speak to him about this, he what he was the most nervous person in the world I was sitting next to. Him. um. But I was bad against Bradford when I was sitting next to him. So... Uh, just trying to be the, the you know, the calming each other down for both certain weeks. And uh, I was really, honestly, Charles, I was really chilled this weekend. I I, I, I think there was an element of, in me of you know, when we, this is just being honest, you know, when I found out, obviously, before the Bradford game, it was two points, you know, that we needed. Mm-hmm. I just, something was telling me, that I didn't want it to be, I didn't speak it into existence or, I just thought that just because it's two points, it's just really awkward, and I thought maybe we'll. I thought deep down personally, I thought maybe we'll draw against Bradford because it's not—it's the Northampton way of not doing it straightforward the first opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: we always like to do it the hard way. We know that by, you know, recent history or whatever. Um, and I thought maybe the way we'll go, well, I I thought maybe stop all late, you know, it might draw. That's just me, God's honest thing. And I, I, I'm not speaking to Rosie because obviously I'm very close with Danny Rose and obviously I'm close with Fraser. You know, we were, we've we all been chatting in the group chat and um, I, I thought that we'd do it against Tramnia. I think because I always thought we'd do it against Tramnia and I, I knew we'd beat Tramnia. I think that's why I was so calm during that game. Um, but Guffs was adamant that we were going to do it against Bradford and I think that's why Guffs was really nervous, you right. know, for th- this week. So, yeah, um, As I say, I was really chilled. Uh, I went in, I'll be honest with you, Charles. I went in, I put aftershave on about the 90th minute. I went in (laughs) because I thought I'm going to be, you know, probably getting mobbed. I (laughs) don't want to stink. I went in, put aftershave on. And um, I'll be honest with you, I've got the Stockport flash score on my phone. It went 91st minute and I thought there was no other twist and turn. And my missus was sitting in the away, and I think you were kind of getting information. Maybe I don't know why, but you know, it seemed like the fans were at the stockball game, they were literally getting yeah. it as it happened. <laughs> um, and I came back down, my hair's done, after shave on, ready to you know, celebrate being promoted. And I just see my missus on my phone because obviously she was in the away in stockball pen, and I thought, you're joking me, <laughs> and I just thought, this is literally. And we spoke about this after the game, how bad we felt for that last five minutes yeah. of the Stockport of the pool game, and then five minutes later, you you four points ahead, you go up by four points, and you're like, that just sums this place up though, which doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? There's just never a chilled, let's just get it done moment. It's just always the hard way, and it, when you look at it, it's actually, it's crazy to think how bad you felt for that five minutes, and probably you mm. felt the same there yeah, yeah, as yeah. And we finished four points ahead.
1: <laughs> it's mad. It is mad. You're completely yeah. right. I mean, I had Neil who does the pod with me on on my right hand side, and he was literally on the Sky Sports app, flicking between the Sky Sports app for the score and watching the uh, you know the the text commentary on his phone. Back to Twitter to go on the Stockport feed. Back to the Sky Sports app, and then on my left hand side, I had Chezy, and and she was just getting info from somebody that
0: was behind her. My missus got information off a. I think he was an eight-year-old lad. And she was like, I didn't know whether to believe him because I thought like he was just saying what we wanted to hear or like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, and I was like, how would he know? <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Well, well, this was it. Like, so
1: we, we heard that Stockport, uh, you know, got a pen in the last couple of minutes and then it was Neil that said to me, offer the Sky Sports app, Stockport pen. And and I think our whole row just were like, Phew. and I, I was I was actually the calm one because I was going, we're, we're, we're winning. doesn't matter. Yeah, and I was—I'd been trying to. I think this was me trying to calm myself down through the whole day yeah. of just going, "Look, if we're winning, it's not a problem because three points, there's a point gap. It's not a problem at all. It's absolutely fine." And everybody else was going, "Yeah, but if they win, there's... and I get it, the pressure's on because of the other team doing what they had to do." But at no point, really, watching that Tranmere game, okay, my heart was in my mouth for the whole ninety. 90- whatever yeah. it was, 100 minutes probably with the two sets of injury times, but I never really felt like they were going to go and score. As much as they were pushing and they were doing a professional job like you talked about before. Yeah, I'll say, I think there was
0: one flash across goal yeah. that really, I think, oh my God, because yeah. he needs a shovel next to Mike Hexton after that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, honestly, I thought we, you know, I wouldn't say we were calm in some moments, obviously, but I didn't really feel like they threatened. Um, I thought there was definitely a stage 70 to 85 minutes where I think we absolutely controlled the game and like Mark Leonard my God how good that player is for just the ages at and just obviously when you're watching it and he's just playing like passes like you know square across the halfway line and I'm just thinking if he misplaced that they were in there do you know what I mean and just like and he's just so calm out there um, but as I say just absolutely unbelievable and you know the scenes are full time and
1: well, before before we get there, one thing that I want to say is that when when the penalty does get saved, so first of all, somebody on my left turns around and says it's been saved, and yeah. nearly sat next to me going, "Well, it's not happened on my phone yet," so he was like, "I'm not believing it." And then there's and then the away end erupts because of the save. Yeah, there's a little bit of a pitch invasion, people probably just thinking that we're celebrating full-time whistle. Because, I mean, I, d- I don't know how it was for you in the main stand, but we couldn't hear anything on the tannoy. We didn't know the national anthem was playing at the start of the game. We didn't know what was going on. We couldn't hear them asking us to get off the pitch.
0: You just, the tannoy system was rubbish. That, that's... Yeah, like, my missus said that. me missus, because I said, like, obviously, close to Liverpool and they were talking about booing the national anthem or whatever. It's, it's, it's boring for me now all that. But yeah. I was like... Obviously, Northampton, I know probably more south of the country, a bit more patriotic. And I was like, I was surprised our fans didn't move. like, we didn't know the guitar yeah. system was that bad. And I was like, I was really surprised because I was obviously, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, I thought, I thought you used to be playing the national anthem out, which is probably would have done. And I was like, I thought they were, I thought our fans were unbelievable. And I said, I thought they were quiet on the national anthem, which I thought you were going to be loud as well. And yeah, she was yeah. like, our Hanoi system at Prenton Park is terrible. And I was like, Obviously, I think we were in the main stand, like close to the time. But it must be yeah. the away stand; I mustn't have heard it. Um, but yeah, just the listen. I've got no problem with pitch invasions, really. Obviously, if, as long as it's done in goodwill. Mm-hmm. I, I obviously, me and the gaffer pushing people off. It was just because
1: that was the, the moment that for me will live a bit in the memory is You and and Brady, just both of you. And it's the way when you when you look at it, the video. Brady goes first. It's a little bit like you're like. Right, I'm going as well. Yeah, I yeah, see. I'm going as
0: well. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted the moment to be, I, just, I don't know, I just wanted the moment to have full time to be that good, and it was, Yeah. and I just didn't want that. I, what it was, I didn't want it to be, you know, obviously because we're, we're a respectful group and I want to be respectful to Sam. Yeah, I don't think it's disrespectful to pitch invade on full time. I just think, like, let us finish the game. That was mm. all it was. And yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. Like, I've still got no... You Know when sitting, and go, Why would you five minutes here? I understand why they're doing it, but it's just like, Come on, let's just get another three minutes of this game, and then, then we can all celebrate.
1: I, I genuinely think it was just a misunderstanding from because it only happened at what from one end of the stand, and I think it was literally the the cheers coming from the rest of the away support. They those people probably just thought full time whistle's gone,
0: yeah, full time, and it was just that the penalty's been saved, so of think because yeah. there was still people don't realise when they were pitching there was still 45 seconds left and I'm still not uh, listen I've been there at that battle away mate I'm not risking 45 <laughs> seconds and thinking it's done yet do you know what I mean so I'll say all, it's all in good gesture honestly Like our fans are unbelievable on the day they made such a difference uh, and I just really hope that next season like they always do they, you know hopefully you know, we do a good season ticket numbers and We've got some massive, big games to look forward to next year.
1: Absolutely, I was going to ask you what what you're looking forward to most about League
0: One, Peterborough. Yeah, hopefully Peterborough. That's you know, I I I'll be honest with you, child Before I joined the club, I didn't really know Northampton derby or who who yeah. North. And you know, now I'm fully embedded in the club. Peterborough's one I'm really you know licking my lips at. Um, I think maybe the Bristol Rovers game will be a bit tasty. I'm enjoying. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, and then you've got, you know, I think Derby away. It'd be a great day for the fans and and you know them sort of games. But I think Peterborough Bristol Rollers probably something that. Maybe suits my sort of game. That I'm looking to get me lips into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I can I can see that completely.
0: <laughs> <to be fair. laughs> no, I mean there's a, there's a lot, isn't there? Because.
1: The Bristol, we know the reasons for the Peterborough game. We won't talk about that, but the Bristol Rovers side of it. How much do you pay attention to the sort of the stuff that happens on social media? Because Bristol Rovers' media team of uh, basically, let's be honest, they've been trying to wind us up since that day at Barrow. Little tiny things, you know. There was a video. The one that sticks in my mind was that there was some sort of image of a, of a TV with a VCR player with a, a VCR tape thing that had you know, 7-0 result and and, and our result against Barrow on the other tape and bits and pieces like that. And you're thinking to yourself, from my point of view, I'm just going, oh,
0: come on. I get it. It's 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 a bit of fun. Yeah, some have been It's funny because, uh, like, I'll make it clear when I see that social media fella. And I bet he goes right into Harden. So, uh, as I say, the thing about it is, I I think there's literally just a full-on misunderstanding about the whole thing of, I actually really respect what Bristol Rovers has done that day. It's like they still had to do that job. And I think there's been a, such a misconception of it was their, like we think it was their fault. It was literally what they done, you know, even though we were on the other end was literally unbelievable. And all the respect in the world some absolutely fair play. For, me, for us, the problem weren't with them. And that's what I don't, I don't get how this tried to be, you know, probably as will into a mini rivalry now, but, you know, that's been through. Probably what's being tweeted by one certain arsehole, Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's been there's a level of respect that you don't cross, and you know, at the end of the day, we we are the people and the fans of the people that have affected most, and to rub it in like that, uh, I I thought was really disrespectful. Um, and as say that is literally not because it's a great football club, Bristol Rovers, and that team. It was you know they had some unbelievable players that season. And they still have. And was, I just think it's just like it does not. It was nothing to do with our feel ill feelings or whatever we had or how we felt was nothing to do with our, Bristol Rovers. Right. It's just it's just been made up by I feel like a social media fellow. Really, and that's the God's on us through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I say it'll be it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. You know they've got a good manager. They're, they're unbelievable. You know they are a big club. They're a massive club. They're a great club. Bristol Rovers. Um, I say I can't believe there's been like this mini rivalry that I don't feel that we feel a rivalry, but you know we let's be honest, we all know there'll be a bit more on it. Um, I think obviously the gaffer speaks doesn't speak well about our gaffer either. Uh, <laughs> and as say, uh, it's you know what football, lower league football is great, isn't it? What you you're also it's what you want, isn't it? You don't want every game to be, you know, you don't want twenty four games a season. So I'm not been on it. Sometimes yeah. certain games have a different edge. Peter will be the same. That'll have an edge in a different way. Even the Cambridge one, so yeah. it'll be a, there'll be great games to play in. Can't, can't uh, really looking forward to getting me teeth into them. It's that thing, isn't it? Like Steve Evans this year said a
1: couple of things, didn't he, about celebrating on their pitch and all this, that, and the other after the the game at the Lamex, and then he said some other stuff about uh, you know us having a great, brilliant team, brilliant manager, brilliant... Br- all of this stuff, really playing this up. And, and, I mean, fair play to them. You know, they got the draw, didn't they, at our place in the end. And they they basically pummeled us for about 20 minutes. But, I mean, it's, it's what makes lower league, isn't it? That, yeah, that is exactly honestly, it.
0: Like, Steve Evans, he's, a, he's, he's an interesting fella, isn't he? Like, <laughs> when you're all stripping back, he's great for lower league football, isn't he? Um, yeah. The we, like we're just... We, some of the stuff he's saying that we're laughing. His mind games. He's brilliant, Steve Evans. He's brilliant. Some of the mind games. I think he said we went into Ed's restroom. Do you think that we would ever think about walking? And when was that result? Maybe October. Go into Steve and just changing room and celebrating. Like, come on, Steve. But that literally, that's part of his master plan. I'm fair play to him. He's done what he needs to do in the ends and. He's done an excellent job at Stevenage Football Club, and I'm really happy for me mate Rosie as well. To be fair, you go back
1: to that that picture of Rosie on the pitch at Barrow last season in the goalkeeper top after he's had to go in net after Roberts got sent off. In a way, I mean, I I I I am I'm made up for him for the yeah. fact that he's gone and done it. I mean, it's there's only from a fan's perspective, and I'm not going to ask you about this at all. But you know, it's a bit annoying that he went to Stevenage and started scoring. But you know, <laughs> but fair play to him for for going and you know, yeah. he found
0: a club that actually clearly fits. Yeah, hundred percent. He he works well with Steve Evans, Rosie. That they've got a dad and lad bond going on. Um, I think Steve Evans signed Rosie and Mar Bay last year, which obviously the Steven's fans probably don't know, but that's where that's where that that signing got happened last year. Um, and as, as I say, in all honesty, mate, if there was. You know, obviously, besides this group of people at this football club, I'll be honest with you, if there's three more people in this league that deserve to go up this year, it's Paul Lewis, Fraser Horsewall and Danny Rose. You know, anybody that was part of that team last year that are playing is still in the same league. And, you know, obviously, things haven't been going great, with i near this year, uh, but I'm sure they'll bounce back next. But, you know, I'm really rooting for Fraser in the playoffs because he deserves it. And uh, we were honestly, mate, we were saying, once Leighton Orient got done, I felt like it was a three-horse race for two, two for two positions. I didn't feel Bradford were ever in it. um, Even though they ended up turning out to be a, in, in a way, but I didn't think Bradford were ever, you know, uh, going to be in it. I felt it was, you know, Steven, which is Rosie, Stockport, Fraser and us. And we were, we were all texting in the group chat because we have a group chat that we text on every day. um, And it was like, how has this happened where it's,
1: it's between <laughs>
0: us? You know what I mean? Who would have predicted that at the start of the season? So, uh, We've given Fraser a and I wouldn't even say a bit of stick. Fraser's had a lot of stick over the past couple of days. because um, he's he said some comments over the past few weeks and that. Um so uh, it's still carried on into the day. Obviously, Rosie's going to Mar with Stevens and we're going to Ibita. Just a few odd comments of uh what deliveries have you had today? Have you got your stuff packed for, you know, the weekend? <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, obviously, Sean McWilliams has been on Fraser as well. Over you're wearing shin pads this weekend, wearing Naivita. <laughs> but it, when it's all said and done, I really hope, just just like obviously, I'm not really bothered who goes up, but I hope Stockport do it just because of Fraser and all honesty.
1: Fair play, no, that's fair play. I mean, of course, Fraser being in the playoffs means he gets you know more opportunity for uh, appearance and goal bonus.
0: More money yeah, for well, him. I'm not sure he needs that. that was really, I'm not sure he needs that. You know, when he moved to Stockport, uh, he probably gave that old one, didn't he? It was a new challenge. <laughs> yeah. It's a new challenge, Keep opening another bank account. Was that one of them? Them new challenges in football are the best ones, aren't they, when you see it? Oh,
1: yeah. uh, mate, it's been brilliant. I've got some quick fire questions that some of our listeners sent in. So,
0: who's your favourite teammate to room with? My favourite teammate to room with. My roommate's Harvey Lintot. Um, you know what? I'm gonna stick with Harvey. I'm gonna stick with Harvey, my me, 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 me mate. Um, it's like my son, Harvey, in a way sometimes.
1: <laughs> bless you. Who who would you just refuse to
0: run? uh Sean mac Williams couldn't add this. I I actually think I might end up being a room and be 3rd I'm just not looking forward to it. And it's nothing to do with he's actually round the bend because Mitch Pinnock's the one you don't really want. Although John and Mitch are the roommates and Mitch, the day before the game's fairly really quiet, but in Ibiza, one one, I'm not, I am not room with Mitch in Ibiza, um, but Sean Williams is probably just in life somebody that I don't want to me and him constantly argue, like constantly, um, yeah, we just don't see. I try on a lot of things. He's one of my best mates of the football club, but <laughs> like a little uh, wife and husband argument, marriage we've got going on. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't room with Sean Williams He's, he's, he's. He thinks he's right in everything he says. It's one of them guys. Interesting one, this one.
1: If you could sign any of your ex-teammates or any ex-teammate that you've had for the Cobblers, who would it be?
0: Before this season, I would have threw Fraser in there. Um, now we've got shares, don't need them. I play with Carl uh, Laftey, I kill Marnich. sides um, we've tried, in all honesty, over the past and the wages are a bit, they're, they are steep. Uh, <laughs> but, Laff's the top goal scorer in Euro 2016. I think it was for Northern Ireland. Uh, yeah. Just one of them people that just every finishing session, you're just looking at it going. Listen, I don't think he's the best athlete in the world, but Carl Lafty was when I played with him, was unbelievable. I think when I played with him, he scored 15 and 15. So he was that sort of guy where you just give him, give him the ball. He's, you know, similar level of finishing to Sam Hoskins, but I think Laff would be someone that would be uh, a real good sign of the football club. Um, last but one.
1: Have you spoken to Jack Rolls?
0: No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Uh <laughs> no, no. It'd be interesting when I next see him, but uh no, I haven't. <laughs> Look as as I say, going back to like when people perceive problem my problem's not with him that much. It's the mm. it's the, you know, the other stuff around it that I couldn't believe and you know you know, the the appeal and how that never got overturned and things like that. Uh, I feel like, he, you know, he, he, he conned them, really. And we've probably had players sort of playing for us this season that have probably conned as well. So that does happen in professional football. Uh, I've really got no Ill feelings towards him. I wouldn't say I liked them either. Uh, so, no, I haven't spoken to him. I think I, think, uh, I there's elements of, I think Foxy spoke to him, I think Foxy knows him. And I think he said to maybe something to Foxy that he's been getting really hammered on social media. Um and I think then those elements of, like, i starting to feel a bit sorry for him now, really, because he did get it. And uh, sometimes I was like, that's to our fans, because I've seen a lot, like, go on, boys, get, get right into it. But uh, in the end, I felt a bit sorry for him, actually. So, you know, no, we're all right. Sounds.
1: Okay. Last but uh, definitely not least, mate, uh, before I say thank you and goodbye, I think you need to go and find a crab in Ibiza. Just take a little video. Would that be all right?
0: Yeah, um, well, I'll probably send it. Sowers isn't coming. Uh, he's decided he's, he's not coming. So uh, I'll be sending a video over Kabab if I find one to Sours. Um I'm going to put Mark Leonard in that category now as well. So I might just send him Mark because the pair <laughs> that never passed the ball forward. Uh, it's all right to have a 90% possession if you don't pass forward. So I'll be sure uh, to make that a personal uh, thing that I think of when I'm there mate it's uh it's been
1: an absolute pleasure uh thanks so much for doing this um anybody that's listening basically uh, a fairly drunken charles went up to uh, aj at, at the end of season awards and uh and, and basically forced him to come on the pod uh, and he's a man to his word and he's done
0: it a couple of <laughs> literally a couple of days later so uh cheers mate you just do great work um, the podcast is something that the fan base really really enjoying uh, just want to personally say well done on your accolades over the past 12 months that you've got with this podcast. Uh, you know, you're going in the right direction, and hopefully, with League One football, you can have many bigger viewers and episodes, mate. So well done, Charles, Neil, Danny, and Chessie. Chesie's the one that loves Ali, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Hopefully, he signs for Chessie's sake then. See what happens. Thanks to Aaron McGowan.
1: It was great chatting to him. I hope you really enjoyed listening to what he had to say. I do want to just tell you that at the end of the recording, he did say a huge, huge thank you to each and every one of you. All of the Cobblers fans made this season incredible for each and every one of the players and everybody else at the football club. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, Zoom decided that it was going to cut off that little bit And it's not fair on on me not mentioning it. So he did say a huge thank you to each and every one of you. It's been a fantastic season. I'm sure you will agree with that. The players are all so appreciative of everything that you have done. Watching the games, supporting the lads. It's been a season that we won't forget for an awfully long time. Thank you so much for listening. This has been It's All Cobblers To Me. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and you'd like to give something back and support the podcast, plus get some extra content into your ears and eyes, why not sign up to our Patreon? It's full of great content. Patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. You will find yourself in our Slack community, which is fabulous. So many nice people in there talking about cobblers and other bits and pieces throughout the week plus there's our weekly bonus episode of the Basement Tales which obviously will be changing for next year in League One. Oh yes and we've got some other stuff in there for you too go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me for more information and of course to sign up again thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week with the Bayos thanks again to Aaron McGowan and thanks for listening goodbye